Hi, and welcome to the Sailorville Church Podcast. My name is Abe Miller, along with Pat Nemmers. Here again, how are you doing today? Doing good. Good to be back with you, Abe. Good to be back with another episode and talking about we are in James chapter four, finishing James chapter four. This is the end of it. This is the end of chapter four. Yep. We still have another one, chapter. Yep. One chapter after that. Yep. And uh, we were talking about uh, life and what is life, which this podcast will answer all of those questions <laughs> as you <laughs> tell us all of the stuff that we need to know about living life and uh, meaning of life. You're gonna answer all those, right? Uh, I'll I'll reserve uh, the answer to that to see what comes out of this podcast. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure the answer is no, but we'll do the best we can. We'll do the best. Hopefully, this will be an encouragement and uh, maybe ask some questions of your own heart as you listen to this. But it is a great it is a great question. I mean, we you know the the question that seems like everybody asks like, what's the meaning of life? Like, mm-hmm. what am I here to do? And what is what does my life mean? Which I think people ask that question, but maybe just give us a little bit of an overview of the message and then we'll dive into some of the questions. Well, it is a great philosophical question. And James doesn't attempt to answer everything. He doesn't suss out everything about what is life, but he does remind his, uh, his readers, these messianic Christians, these Jews who have become Christians, that uh, their life is more than the stuff they have. And he's not done with them. When we get into chapter five, he starts sounding like an Old Testament prophet. He just Mm -hmm. comes thundering down at them. Uh, So I'm practicing my Old Testament prophet voice right now for this Sunday. Wow, can we hear it? (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't heard it now for the last 20 some years, I I know know very clearly what it is. But he, you know, he he starts out. Uh, it's again, he 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 sort of sounds like Isaiah a little bit as he begins this section that we preached on Sunday when he says, "Come now, you who say, you know, today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a town and we'll spend a year and we'll trade and we'll make a profit." I mean, he's just sort of reasoning with him. Remember, Isaiah does that in chapter one of Isaiah. Come. You know, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they could be white as snow. He's making kind of a, he's sort of making a, a an intellectual appeal to them. Uh, but and when he's done with that, as I said, uh, next week or in chapter five, he just he just comes at them literally with both barrels wide open, just in case they didn't get it. Yeah. Quick, quickly, can you just go through, you know, you asked that question, what is life, but can you just go through the quick, uh, was it three statements that you had about, you know, what is your life? It's a vapor. What were the other ones? Oh, I thought you were going to refer to what it's not, you know, and we, uh, cause I started by saying some of the things that it's not, uh, but yeah, I mean, getting right into it, right into the sum and substance, we, he says it's a vapor. And so we talked about that word. It's, it's just a word which means exactly what you think of when you think of vapor. You think of something that goes up and dissipates very quickly. And uh, and we also uh, mentioned how important it was that this isn't, James isn't speaking solo here. He's, he's echoing the prophets before. He's echoing the psalmist before. He's echoing Moses before, who all said the same thing. Your life's like a breath. It's like a passing shadow. Mm-hmm. And we all know that. We all kind of know that we just don't want to. We sort of live yeah. in this eternal now. We don't want to think about the fact that we're we're we are dying. I, I'll tell you something. You know, when you're 
what I love about these podcasts, you can talk about things that didn't actually yeah. get onto the right. into the message. So I thought, no, it, it looked it looked too uh, weird and narcissistic. So I didn't want to. So I just threw it away. I I actually did up one of those uh, side by sides of me when I first came to Sailorville Church in 1998 and me today. Uh, I decided not to because the me today really looks bad compared to that. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean, the truth is there really is a difference. I mean, there's uh -huh. a 26 year difference. There's over a quarter of a century of aging in those two side by sides. I think it could have been effective, but I also think it would have been distracting. So I threw it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You had, um, well, you had a lot of kids then, but now you hit the picture. Now you would have a lot of grandchildren. And if you put the whole family picture up there when you had, when you first came 26 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when the, and when we came 20, that would have been another side by side, yeah. put the picture that our church put up in there. You know, we, that's remember when we used to do the church, uh, directories. Remember, remember that back in the yep. day we'd come yep. in here, everybody sat down for their portrait and we had our, our, our family of 12 and, and, uh, yeah, no grandkids then put that in a side by side. Now I don't think, uh, I don't, I should just do it. I guess maybe I'll do it next week. I don't know. Okay. So you had, it's a vapor. What was the next one after that? Well, we said it's something that exists by the sheer will of God. Again, this isn't like super encouraging, but that's what James says. He says, he says, instead of making all these presumptual, you know, presumptuous plans, you should say, if the Lord wills, we'll do this, uh, we'll live rather and do this or do that. So, um, he tells us that it's, that our very existence is simply by the sheer will of God. And that, that could come off as God being capricious or mean or something. He's not, but we we do sometimes have to boil it back and say, the only reason I'm here is because, because God wills me to be here. Right. And, uh, and, and then he also wills me to be able to do certain things. And I, when we do that, I, it's just very humbling to realize he could just take me out tomorrow. I mean, just, he could take me out this afternoon. He could take me out in the middle of this podcast. Right. And, I don't think you probably were going to say this, but why don't we tell our, our listening audience what was going on during the second service while I was preaching? Uh, actually, just before I was preaching, we had an, we, there, I never even knew who it was. It was an elderly man who was apparently visiting and he had some kind of a spell of sorts. And we yeah. had doctors and nurses and other medical personnel converging on the moment. It, it could have been a scene that just completely distracted everything, but they were actually very discreet about it. But here I am talking about the will of God just to live. And it was right in front of us, somebody who might have gone into eternity. Yeah. And you, you experienced that even with your first wife, Nina. I mean, mm -hmm. you said that in the message, right? Yeah. Like yeah. You, were, you were counseling somebody and you didn't have any idea that was it that day or the next day? That it was that died, night. She died. That I, night. I, I actually was counseling that woman sometime between six and seven that evening. I know it was cause it was around supper time and I could, I can picture where I was. I know, I mean, this sounds weird, but I can picture where I was in the house as I was talking to that woman uh, with, you know, yeah, you know, there were there way were, back in the day. Yeah, there were such thing as cell phones. We didn't have one. Hardly anybody, almost nobody did. But you did have, uh, you know, wireless phones. And I was in the other room talking and I can still picture my wife 
and my kids in the kitchen, my wife and my oldest daughter are getting supper ready, They're either getting ready or cleaning it up. Yeah. And I was, I said to the woman who, uh, whose grandfather was dying, as I recall, you know, I kind of, I gave her that Proverbs 27 one, which, you know, don't boast about tomorrow for you don't know what a day will bring forth. I said, you don't know if your grandfather is going to be alive tomorrow, honey, you need to get over there and talk to your grandpa about Jesus. And, you know, I hung up the phone afterwards. I wasn't, that sounds cold, but I wasn't cold about it. I just hung up the phone, you know, unbeknownst to me within about five hours, uh, almost exactly five hours later, my wife yeah. had her heart attack that took her to glory. So yeah, this definitely rings true for you and is personal on a lot of levels when you look at that. Um, yeah. So the third, I think the third point was your life is a sin apart from God, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Operating your life apart from God. I, I, I can't, what I see you doing right here, Abe, is you're trying to make your way to that life checklist, aren't you? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've am i got several questions. I, I just kind of wanted to give an overview of all of it because I have several questions, not just the checklist, but just, um, I don't know, I've got several that I wanted to ask that I think would be good to discuss. Well, on that third point, your life is a sin apart from God. Again, that sounds really weird as a point, but I meant it because the last verse is that verse that I memorized long, long time ago, and many others have too. You know, for him, for the one who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. And now that is a great verse taken out of context even. I mean, we we talk about the sin of omission. If you don't do what you know you're supposed to do, that's a sin, just as, just as it's a sin to do something you shouldn't be doing. But in the, con you know, placing it back into the setting of its context, it's talking about operating your life apart from God. Mm -hmm. That's a sin. And you should, we know better than that. If we're Christians, we should know better than to operate our lives, make plans and all those things without considering the will of God, the plan of God, and be surrendered to him in those things. That's what he's talking about there. Anything less, Solomon says, is vanity and that's why we need to live a life. I, I mentioned the, the reformers. It's a great, I love the word, quorum deo, yeah. which means before the face of God, which live your life like that. He's, he's there. He's watching. He sees. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a, it is a sobering, it is a sobering passage. I mean, it does. Yeah. Like I don't, we think, you know, we think we've got tomorrow. We think we've got the plans, which is what you brought up. But I think it, some of the questions I have, I mean, they relate to all of the points that we talked about and even the, like the checklist thing that you went through, uh, those questions at the end, which we can maybe touch on too. But, you know, a lot, a lot of people ask that question, why am I alive? I know our, um, our senior adult director, I've been at some, some of their things and he has, he has said to our seniors, our senior saints that, um, that come to Sailorville, he said, Hey, listen, God still has you alive. Like you're still here. Like he has a plan for you. He has a plan for you. So don't just waste it. Don't just, whatever, quote unquote, retire. I think that's really interesting. And you're talking about Randy. Yeah. He's a great friend and he's a great guy. And, but he says that to seniors. Now, why do you say that to a senior? Why do you say that to somebody in their eighties? And it's because you've already, you're at the extent you've of your life. life. You've, you've done it. You're like, you're, you got one foot in the grave already here, you know? And, yeah. uh, 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 and so it's very natural to say that, but why couldn't, uh, why couldn't our high school director say that to the high schoolers? Mm -hmm. Because granted, it's going to take some act of God probably to take them out of the picture. Uh, because naturally they've got 50, 60 years ahead of them. Right. Right. But, uh, the fact that occasionally God does take one out of the picture 
should be a reminder to all of us. That's the way we're supposed to live our life. Yeah, and I think you know a lot of people are listening to this are followers of Jesus. They have a personal relationship with Christ. And you know, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain, as Paul would say. But like, you know, why does God allow me to be alive? Like, if we all took that that idea and said, okay, I'm alive today. I've got today. I've often said that to like, as I meet with college age guys or young adults or newly married. You know, everyone's always looking for the. When I when I graduate in college, when I get my career, when I get married, when I have kids, like you know, they've got the plan, right? Looking for, and I said, you know, I said, um, I said, but don't miss what God has for you today. Don't don't be so futuristically thinking that you miss what God has for you today, and and what He's trying to teach you, and what He wants to do with you and through you. So, so people that are listening to this, like. Okay, so if God has me here, like, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing as a follower? I mean, that's a real generic question, but I think a lot of people are like, okay, but yeah, everybody around me is working and making money and going on vacations and buying nicer cars and nicer houses and like running around following their kids, doing whatever they're doing. Like, is that my purpose? Is that wrong? Am I supposed to live like a monk and just pray all day? Like, what is my purpose and how do I give glory you know, as being a follower of Christ. You know, it's interesting you say it because as I told you, I got a I got a message from someone of considerable financial means uh, uh, just prior to this uh, podcast that we are doing. And they said, let's talk. Your sermon on Sunday wrecked me. Mm. That's a powerful statement. That's a humble statement. I'm excited to find out what this individual meant. Yeah by that. And, uh, but I think it's probably a little bit along the lines of what you said, you know, I got this, I got that, I got all these things. And, and, uh, what am I doing with my today? Because if God takes me out today, I'm leaving all my stuff as the old expression have that nobody ever saw. What's the, I can't, what is it? No one ever saw a hearse pulling a U-Haul or something like that. You know, you don't get to take it with you. You don't get to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so as a follower, like, and maybe this goes into some of the other questions or the other things that you had made, but like, you know, the calendar and the surrender and the dependency and the humility that comes as we give our calendar to the Lord. Even at the end of the message, you said some of you need to take your calendar or your phone or whatever you yeah. have your stuff on and say, okay, Lord, this is, this isn't, this is yours. I, I do all of those things, but, um, how practically do we live that out, uh, day by day? Because we are busy, we've got jobs, yeah. we've got kids, we've got stuff going all around us that we have to, we have to do, we have to get it done, and we have to plan. I mean, people have to plan. Yeah, right. And that message, I hope, wasn't taken as uh, as don't plan. That right. wasn't my point at right. all. That's not James's point. It's not. It wasn't my point. And uh, while I'm not, you know, the greatest planner in the world, I'm not the administrator. I, I do have to plan. Yeah. And I do plan and that calendar does exist. And there's a lot of stuff on that calendar. And I, I've, I was talking today, today, just today about, I can think of two things that come immediately to my mind, both of which I look forward to happening in 2024, Lord willing, because I don't know if I'll get to him. I hope I do. I'm trusting that I'm planning that in, Yeah, but just keeping that, perspective before me. And remember I said this, I, I said something in my messages along the lines of 
I'm not asking when I talked about the LW I put what you've seen for yeah, years, yeah. you know, and I do that with a lot of correspondence, almost all of it, if I'm talking about something coming down the pike. But, you know, I I think I said the message, I'm not asking you to do this. I'm asking you to think this. Right. And, you know, for me, that's how I remind myself. The LW to me is I know what it means. And it's not me trying to be cool. It's just me reminding myself. And I I have to be as God honest as I can. Whenever I type in LW, there's something that goes off in my mind like, Lord, I, I hope I see this person later on. I hope I see my wife, my sweetheart later on in the day, I hope whatever, but your will be done. I think it's just something we have to put in our head one way or another. And for me, writing it down, that helps. Yeah. Yeah. I, as I was, as I was preparing for this podcast, I was thinking about that and I thought, like, I'm usually okay with that mentality, like Lord willing, right? For the most part. I'm mostly okay with it when it's not stuff maybe I'm super passionate about or it doesn't affect me as much. Like, okay, hey, God's got a plan. That's the way it works. It's fine. We trust God's sovereignty. We trust he's got something different than what I thought was supposed to go. But I find myself reacting more to if I'm something I'm really passionate about or like I'm good with the big things. It's the little things. Like, can I say LW like when things don't go my way? Not just my calendar, but my agenda yeah. or my the way I think something should be done, let's say at church or with my family or with my wife. You know, can I say LW with that? How, like we didn't really talk about necessarily about that in the message, but how do you how do you correlate that? Not just calendar stuff, but like all things. Can we say LW, or how do we how do we respond in those situations? Yeah. So you're talking about family, for instance. You know, I mean, you and you referenced earlier my gigantuan family. You know, the side by sides from twelve. There were twelve individuals. In 1998, when I came here, that would, I would call my immediate family. Right. And uh, now there are 58. There are 26 years later, there's 58. Like rabbits. Like rabbits, man. man. And you remember the time, it was several years ago now, and we had significantly less grandkids. But I put a picture of, of Meryl and I and our grandkids. It was adorable picture. Of course it was. It was our family, you know. Of course. So, uh, but... Uh, but I looked at our congregation. I said, I'm not putting that picture up because as soon as it went up, you could hear the, oh, oh, you know, the, all the people saying how good. But I, I, I was direct. I was very direct with their people. I said, I'm not putting that picture up there because I want to get your oohs and ahs. I put it up there to tell you, look at these kids. There's, I don't know what it was in those days. There's 18 of them or whatever. These are 18 grandchildren of ours. They're all little. They're, they're all less than 10 years old. I don't know their future. I don't know if they'll all get saved. I don't know if they'll all live for Jesus. Some of them will be called to suffer. Some of them will be maybe called to prosperity in some other way. I mean, I, I want them all to know the Lord. I want to pr I pray that they'll all be saved. I can't even guarantee that. So we have to say, Lord willing, about those things as well. And I'll just add one more th uh, thing to that, Abe. Um, I did a, a conference the week before you weren't at the conference. It was a conference, a counseling conference I was the keynote guy for, and I was asked to speak a few times. And I really uh, am thankful to the Lord for these talks that he gave me to put together. And 
in the very beginning, I, 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 I kid you not, I was, I was, um, I was preaching on the whole conference theme was, the, the conference theme was uh, counseling with humble confidence. And as I was talking, and I'm, and even as we're talking, I'm actually going to a um, to a text I received yesterday. So uh, uh, I got a text from a, a pastor friend of ours. You know him. He's one of our engaged guys. He just God just prompted him to be praying for him because he was at that conference. And in the middle of my first message, I broke down and lost my composure. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for very long. But it was pretty evident. I, you know, like I said to my friend, our mutual friend, I said, you know, you don't write in your notes, cry here, you know. And uh, he goes, I just, my heart went out to you. And I know he knew something about my uh, personal situation going on in my life. And he just wanted me to know he's praying. Just a really nice text Mm, I got from this brother. You would not be surprised if you knew who it was. But I told him, I, I thanked him. He, he said, uh, you're, and I'm quoting him, and I'm going to read to you what I said in return. I said, yeah, he said, yes, your vulnerability was evident and powerfully effective at the conference, both, and he named his wife, and I noticed. God, God used the weakness you were feeling to make you even stronger in your presentations, just like him to do that. So here's my response to him. Yes, he is kind like that, isn't he? And to give you a little of what went through my heart and mind in the flash of the moment as I was speaking, it suddenly occurred to me that many in the audience might assume I would default to some of my heart heavies in the past. We're talking, again, the subject is uh, counseling with humility, but, but confidently so. And so I write to this friend, I said, as I was preaching, I was thinking how uh, some might assume I would default to some of my heart's heavies in the past, like the death of Nina, the rebellion of my boys, etc., and think, well, that was then. And by the way, I just got a pop-up on Facebook uh, two days ago when I interviewed John and Daniel soon after they were converted. And Nina's death was 28 years ago. The boys' rebellion was over 10 years ago. All of that was going through my mind in a flash of a moment while I was preaching. So I wrote, Back to that flash of a moment as I was speaking, the thought flashed in my mind, let them know there are always new heavies, always new humiliations, all by sovereign design and the ongoing cultivation of humility. So, uh, and Abe, I mean, and you're aware, you too are aware of that personal situation I'm going through. So it's, you know, when I think of that situation, it breaks my heart to think that uh, the circumstances uh, might not turn out in this matter that's breaking my heart as we speak. Mm. And, uh, but I, I have to come back to what James says. If the Lord wills, right. I'll live and do this and do that. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great uh, word. And, and I think how... What does that do to us when we have that perspective? Like just that Lord will in perspective on life. Most of the time we're frustrated by unmet expectations, right? Like it's not the way I thought, which you mm-hmm. even said, like be thankful for the life that God's given to you yeah. or whatever, right? Something like that. But I think like, what is that? 
What kind of peace and freedom and joy is there when you can look at life, whether it's parenting or singleness or work or, you know, I'm waiting for God, like, to be able to say, Lord willing. Yeah. You know, just to turn it back on you, Abe, I mean, I look at you and I look at your your beautiful wife and I look at your children you know, I think of the scripture that says the line has fallen on me in pleasant places. God has been exceedingly good to you. Uh, your kids, Amen. every single one of them, right down to the last one. I mean, they all love the Lord. Your, your youngest, he, you know, we're hoping he will walk with God as well, but he's a good kid. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a good kid. And I think of your oldest and I think of, one of them is an intern right now. Yeah, One of them is with started. our brand new yeah. church plant, newly married. And yeah. and I'm not jealous whatsoever. I could not be happier for you. The lines have fallen on you on pleasant places. But are you able to say, if the Lord wills, that yeah. will carry on? That's yeah. that's important because yeah. you're also highly esteemed. You're working a lot of people's lives. They look up to you. That puts a lot of responsibility on you. So... Uh, I put it back on you. Can you say that if the Lord wills, this and this will take place, this and that'll take place? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great question for all of us to answer. I mean, we all have to be able to say, yeah, when things don't go the way I want or the way I think it should go, can I look at that? And we we want our plans. I was, I was actually thinking about this as we were getting ready for this, but like I I have shared this with, I've shared this with my kids. I've shared this with other kids or adults as I've met with them too. But I I think um, a lot of times we want to take like a blank, we want to take a piece of paper and draw all of our plans on the paper, right? Like, Lord, I'm going to have this. I'm going to have these kids. I'm going to work here. I'm going to make this much money. We're going to go on these vacations. We're going to do this, 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 this. And then I, I pass it along. This is hypothetically, obviously I pass it over to the Lord and I say, okay, now bless this. This is my plan, right? I said, I think I think what God wants us to do is more for us to take the blank piece of paper and sign my name on it and hand it across to the Lord and say, whatever you want to do with it, like I'm all in, right? I'm, I'm totally committed. I'm bought in no matter what that looks like. And there's something exciting about that and very freeing. I don't know, for me personally, like I'm like, all right, Like I'm on this crazy adventure that God's taking me on. I don't know where it's going or how we're going to get there or what it's going to look like at the end of the day. But hopefully I can say Lord willing, because whatever he draws on that piece of paper, I can be okay with. That's really good. Because I've died to it, right? I've died to myself, you know, all the things that you would know, like the biblical stuff. But it's a great, I think it's a good question for all of us to answer. I love that answer. I love that. I think that's a practice. I would, I've never done that. That's a great suggestion, but you know, I'm old enough. I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. You're at the end of the, you're at the end of hey, the road. Hey, hey you're still alive. Hey, God still, still wants to use you. You're still alive. Thank you. Thank you, seniors, <laughs> pastor. <laughs> Just as a reminder. <laughs> any other, uh, any other thoughts or any other feedback you got from people, from the message that you thought would be helpful for people listening? You know, thanks for asking that because there are messages that I preach that sometimes I go away thinking, man, I just, man, I, I, that just landed. I mean, God, thank you so much. I can't wait to see the results. And it's almost like crickets out there, you know, and Sunday's message, this one was almost an opposite effect. I preached it and thought, oh man, this is too heavy. Uh, it's going to be too heavy on the hearts of people. And 
And uh, it might be hard to take. But the response was, uh, I don't want to exaggerate. It wasn't overwhelming, but it was very, very encouraging. People being confronted with this whole issue of life. And I do think our culture, you just barely alluded to it. We do. We are living in a fat and sassy culture. We have everything we want and then some. We have every button, every electronic this, gadgets, funds. We got money in the bank. We have trips that we're planning and take. And we just have it all. I mean, it's such a wealthy culture that we live in. What is it? I mean, I know there's some statistics out there. We're in the top 1% in the world. I think it's probably true. Oh, yeah. And so it just makes James's words seem like they were written to us. And, uh, you know, there've been enough things that have happened in our own country over the last couple of decades that should be enough reminders to us that everything can change in a snap. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I loved the message. I thought it was really, I don't know, timely or whatever, James, that whole, that whole thing. But even the, in the points you brought up, I just love the, the reality of like, man, we're the things that we think are important are not important. Like whatever the stuff, the vacations, I mean, they're all fun and they're all nice and praise the Lord that he gives those things to us. But man, like we are supposed to be following Jesus. I mean, we've been having lots of conversations about being disciples and followers of Christ and more people, more like Jesus. I mean, like that is what we're called to do. That is what we are obediently supposed to be living for, striving for, giving our lives for, um, you know, pouring into people, intentionally pouring into people, all of those things that I think are, uh, we can get sidetracked. I can get sidetracked. Yeah. Just get busy with life and you just start doing things and you want to just coast. And yet God's like, yeah, he's, still have a plan for you. I'm still, I want to use you and he wants to use you that li- are listening, you know, that God's got people in your life that we'll never connect with. We'll never connect with the people that are listening to this and the, and the, the platforms that they have, whether they're it's at school or at work or in their families and, and don't like, don't waste your life. Right. Like, yeah. I mean that, like, don't waste your life. I mean, my goodness, like if you're going to do anything like, one of our leading core values is surrender the moment. We're all about worship. And I love this line. God alone rules my world. So I will point to him and everything I do. And if we point to him and everything we do, we're living Coram Deo. Yeah. Amen. Thanks. Appreciate it.